0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, calling from Roswell, Georgia, The goal of this podcast is to share topics and guests that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, my guest is Kurt Tufert, And let me tell you a little bit about Kurt. He is a professional speaker, professor, author, podcast host, and frequent podcast guest like today. His contribution of His combination of content plus high energy makes him an excellent choice for subject matter expert in sales, marketing, leadership, customer service, and so much more. Kurt's work has earned him a Stevie Award, as well as other accolades. As the VP of Sales Development for a $1 billion industrial distributor, Kurt works his skills daily on the front lines of sales and marketing. Our title or our theme for today is connection and engagement, when an email is just not enough. Please join me in speaking with Kurt Tuford. Talk hey Vicki,
2: thank you so much for having me on this uh, podcast. I am really excited to be here and to uh, hopefully provide content and enthusiasm to all of your listeners.
1: Awesome. So let's get started. Uh, Easy first question. Where are you uh, calling from? Where are you? Houston, Houston, Texas. Texas. Oh, you're like hot like me over here. (laughs)
2: Exactly.
1: Actually, I I think it's not so bad today, but I like the warm weather, so I shouldn't complain. Uh, This first question I have, I think is one that you probably have had a lot of times. Maybe even your kids have asked you this, but who motivates the motivator that you are?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, that's a great question. And it's uh, the hardest way to answer that is that most people who are motivational try to get self-motivation. And, you know, (laughs) Zig Ziglar said it best. Motivation is like bathing. You have to do it every day for it to take effect. Mm -hmm. I think some of the key people, whether they're professional or whether they're amateurs or they just haven't. Outgoing, enthusiastic personality. They're surrounded by a group of people. I'm surrounded by a group of people who are very highly motivational, and so they help me fill my tank, and I help them fill their tank.
1: Awesome, such a good thing, and all parents should understand this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, parenting isn't it, well; it's a full context sport, and it is. there's many, many times that parents just lose their enthusiasm and, yeah, and I, yeah. I address that in the book five stones for slaying giants I, I, I talk about those stones that you know sometimes parents just give up because you got a 10 year old and you're thinking is this ever going to end <laughs> and, uh, it does don't worry it gets good. i
1: know i know it's so great when they come back in their 30s and they just uh, i just should have listened to you exactly. yes you should <laughs> If you could go back to your younger self, what advice do you think you would have given yourself? Knowing what you know.
2: Knowing what I know now, I would say that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be curious. Um, Yeah, I grew up, you know, the address I grew up at, there was a lot of trauma. So not a lot of question asking, not a lot of curiosity. And so I would encourage anyone from any age, it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to be mm-hmm. curious. And, uh, and, and that's kind of when you're not, you just start getting into a habit of, no, I won't ask, no, it's okay. And you miss the opportunity. Yeah.
1: And I think you have to look at it also from the other side of the receiver, you know, as a leader or a parent, you, when you get those questions, how you react to them, will be the telltale if they ask questions again.
2: And do you react or do you respond?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously
2: reacting is emotional, responding is logical. Mm -hmm. So uh, in my younger self, boy, I was reacting to everything. (laughs) uh, My kids picked up on it and and even my managers in Mm -hmm. careers picked up on it.
1: Yeah, that's for, for sure. So what do you see as the major challenge that... Our salespeople have and, and entrepreneurs, you know, not even just that sales force, but an entrepreneur that has 50 hats wearing, you know, what do they have for the next five years to look forward to? I,
2: I think the biggest challenge is the change that comes. Uh, I think if it's an entrepreneur, it, it, you're wearing so many hats and and there are times when you have to drop some of the hats because yeah. not everything is truck one, engine 5, high priority, you know defcon one we're all gonna (laughs) die although to the entrepreneur who is trying to get their business launched it could feel that way yeah um and so that's my encouragement to them uh to just understand that you there's a there's a there's a rhythm and there's a rhythm and there's a season and not everybody's going to be in the summer season some of us are going to be in the winter season and Mm. then but you know what? If your roots are very, very deep in the winter season, you'll come back in the spring, and, uh, so we can get we can get into that rhythm. And then to those tough entrepreneurs, find an accountability group. Yeah, want to see you win because you can't do this alone.
1: Yeah, it's and it's so important to hear that other people are struggling as well with the same thing that you're not alone, and and to and to hear creative things because you might be in that that winter where you just, everything is not working and you think, I have no idea what to do. And that fresh input and insight, you know, fresh eyes on it may be the difference. Exactly. So what is your greatest weakness or challenge? Oh, and how have you overcome that?
2: It's easy for me to say, I am not very patient. <laughs> no. And, um, I have a resting angry face. So, so, <laughs> so my biggest challenge is why at the advanced age that I am, why am I still so angry? Um, mm. A lot of it is about fear, yeah. fear of making a mistake, fear of not being in a, any more value. Uh, the resting angry face. I'm just thinking, but it comes across as more than just brooding it's, it comes across as negative. And so Mm. I really am working on trying to determine if I'm sensing that I'm going to go from patient to impatient, and that gets into, you know, maybe the words aren't so encouraging, I really need to dial it back. And I'm starting Mm -hmm. to learn how to do that so that I can be more present uh, in the, um, in all of my encounters.
1: Yeah. Practice that smile. Yeah,
2: even if it's, I hate everything you're saying. I <laughs> know that's what
1: i do. to say. I always tell people too to keep like a post it next to them, and you know, as you're smiling, you can write all those words down that you're thinking, <laughs> and yeah. throw it away. You know, it's done, it's over with. But at least it comes, to, you know, you get it out some which way.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I heard somebody say, "What is mom?" It's masking tape over mouth. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. I love it. Oh so why must you be successful in sales development and we well, you know entrepreneurs hate the word sales so.
2: i think a lot of the entrepreneurs don't like the word sales why why do i have to be or what motivates me to be successful why must i be successful i have a constant drive that it's all about value for me and it's probably misapplied because of the address I grew up at. And it's probably some kind of a, a, an insecurity that I just, I constantly want and hunger for the opportunity to add value. Mm -hmm. Tragic nature of that. And for the entrepreneur as well, as well as a salesperson is value is not defined by you. Yeah. Value is defined by the receiver. Mm -hmm. And so there's recently, I worked really hard on some things that I really put value behind, and they were received as completely inconsequential. Mm. And it just really took this motivator. <laughs> and I, man, I, oh, it was a rough time. I was a very rough time.
1: Oh, no. I,
2: you know, Kurt, it's really not all about you. <laughs> you. Really just asking. And so to the entrepreneur and to the salesperson, great questions are, you know, how would you like me to add value in this relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah. because you do. And especially as you're beginning the relationship with a person, you don't know everything. And so it takes time and, uh, you you know, you don't want to go in and then tell them what they should do. And you really need to understand. And, and
2: personality, and- if, if you're thinking about personality profiles, uh, I'm high energy, but I'm also you know, a lot of control. So (laughs) it's hard for me to not tell you exactly what you need uh, as I kick the door down. It's like (laughs) diagnosis is malpractice.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: Have to be careful. Yeah,
1: you have to understand that uh, you have to let go of of that need for perfection because a a lot of failures will create a lot of success from what you learn. So as a professor teaching sales and marketing for a major university. Why should students take your class?
2: I think students should take my class because the way I present sales, there there is a, there is a stigma or maybe a stereotype that Mm -hmm. college professors are very academic, very cerebral. I'm teaching a sales and marketing class. I may come in with an arrow in my chest from the last time a customer told me to get out. And I share that with the students and I go, this is the real world. Yeah, I love the fact that I'm not an academician. I don't have a paper or a thesis on the emotional strategy of rolling out a CRM <laughs> package. I'm just saying, hey guys, I'm rolling one out right now and here's what we're finding. And you know, here's what we're facing. Yeah. So I do bring a lot of value to the... Uh, to the 30 years in sales, but I also have a passion for teaching. So I think I can mix and match that pretty well.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. You know, I I think one of my coaches, every time she rolls out something new, she goes over exactly what they did and and what worked and what didn't. And that is something that will be more impactful than some here, read this book about strategy and theory.
2: And and it's, (laughs) It's amazing in academia here, read this sales book, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we teach a sales book, but it's not the one I would recommend. I mean, it's, it's what the university requires and it's wonderful. And I get that. Um, but sometimes when I was teaching at the master's level, I would get a book uh, called Social Styles and from the Wilson Learning Center. And it was a $15 book and it talked all about the disc profile and how do you integrate that into your life? Mm-hmm. That was the best investment an MBA student could make. <laughs> it's a $150 textbook that you're going to sell for 30 bucks afterwards. Yeah. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. Your point's well taken.
1: As an author, why did you write Five Stones for Slaying Giants? Which I have to get, it sounds like a good uh, book.
2: It's, I, I wrote it When I was a full-time professional speaker, because that was a situation where you publish or perish, Um, this is not pre-internet, but early internet, a lot of authors do self-publishing to validate who they are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a desperate state of um, of back-of-the-room selling, but I was passionate about these five stones because it was part of the David and Goliath story. I looked at the five stones which are passion excellence vision value and confidence and i wove that into parenting customer service sales leadership and designed it so that you could read that book on a very short southwest airlines flight typically (laughs) from houston to atlanta um, you could read the whole book and apply it and that, that's kind of what I did. And it was it was fun. I had an, a partner. And of course, being highly competitive, I wanted to publish before he did. So um, I used all the tools before me and uh,
1: published. Was so great. Oh, my goodness. And I definitely will get that. You know, I read tons of books. And so uh, a short flight like that, that would be good for me. An afternoon read. Excellent. <laughs>
2: I need to uh, I need to dust off the uh, the ones that I have in my garage <laughs> yeah it, for sure yeah it start no them up. it's uh, yeah. it, it's sometimes fun and and you know it's it's interesting because as an author you write which is relevant at the time you're writing it right and so I'm thinking oh the analogies and the and the um, and the stories are just a smidge on the old side yeah um, it's, that's dust what I- it
1: off make a little bit of change and put it out there.
2: Vicky, you're, you. You're...
1: I just challenge you in in Jan in next January. I'm going to have you on again, and you're going to have that book.
2: Uh, version 2.0. Exactly. That's right,
1: exactly. That's right. The, the twenty the the 21st century version. Exactly. <laughs> what are the fundamental skills most new salespeople lack?
2: We were talking about that today um, with another group of people, and I would think the fundamental skill is the art of asking great questions.
1: Yeah.
2: And tenacity. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody says, if you call me one more time, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna rip your arm off and beat you over the head with it. You you need to call them back and say, Were you kidding? (laughs) However, Uh, however, the caveat would be in today's technology world with business to business selling and all the software out there, which we would call a CRM system, Mm -hmm. you need to take copious notes so that when you re-engage with the prospect, the customer, the client, the patient the member, that you can recall the conversation that you had so that you add value. Hey, Vicki, this is Kurt. We spoke two months ago. You asked me to call you back because you were off on a trip uh, hunting zebras uh, mm-hmm. in Africa. I wanted to follow up and ask you how was the hunt or looking at somebody's profile on LinkedIn or social media and making reference and, and adding that to the notes because if you can come across as not tenacious, but also asking questions regarding their background, their personality, a little bit of depth and color and dimension, you'll be able to build a little bit more trust and rapport, maybe Mm -hmm. enough to keep you in the office or on the phone so that you can ask that one clever question that would cause that person to to really start to trust you.
1: Mm It's so interesting you talk about that. Uh, you know, my background is I worked for UPS for a long time. And um, one of the, I, I worked for the board of directors when I started and had to acclimate myself to these gentlemen before I, they actually ever met me. And so they have legacy books and Jim Casey, the founder of UPS, used to carry three by five cards in his pocket and every person he met when he left you he would write down on that card about you and when he saw you a year later 5 years later he would look at those cards again to be able to recount what he remembered and people don't understand how impactful that was but it made such an impression to building a relationship as you said of trust but but the fact that they that he cared enough to listen enough to remember about you was um, I think what all of us as business owners need to remember.
2: And, and you said cared enough to listen, yeah. which, which those are two, you can't go to Walmart or Kmart and buy caring and listening, yeah. stuff, but you can go to mm-hmm. the gym and work out the muscles of caring and you can work out the muscles of listening And you can move from sympathy to empathy. And Mm -hmm. the the author of that would be Brene Brown. Yeah, Brene Brown is phenomenal when it comes to books and ideas regarding that. And for me, even even now, I've got to brush up on my listening skills when I'm working with my sales clients to see, what did you hear? What did you pick up on? Did you hear what they said when you asked them the question of X or Y? No, I didn't hear it. They shut down. You didn't hear it. So you just droned on and, <laughs> and you lost them. And,
0: yeah.
2: and wow, UPS is a, is a tough gig. They are, uh, they're the leaders in what they do. And they're very proud of uh, yeah. working a, a fledgling organization into a powerhouse. It is today.
1: Yeah, One of the things that I teach whenever I'm teaching speaking is active listening, because to me, You can't be a great speaker unless you're a great listener.
2: Well said. Do you have a Mm. tip or a technique on active listening that that I can take with
1: me right now? (laughs) Stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually what the problem is, you know, or stop thinking about the clever thing that I'm going to say next, where then I missed everything that you just said. Mm. Yeah. And that's it's a skill you have to practice. It's it doesn't. Come naturally especially if you want to you think you have to impress somebody that you're with and so you're trying to have that next clever thing but that next clever thing probably is would come from you being able to respond cleverly to what they said as opposed to giving them whatever you're thinking on so mm. that that's what I always try to tell people and it, it's something you have to practice
2: and I think your listeners would be remiss if they didn't pause, rewind, and listen again to what you just said, because that was absolute gold.
1: Yeah, it makes such a difference. The last couple questions I have, if you had to do it all over again, would you even do anything differently?
2: I'm gonna steal, I'm gonna steal from someone. (laughs) I listened to a speaker, back in the, um, it was a long time ago, and he was talking about a study yeah. that was done with nonagenarians.
1: Nonagenarians?
2: Men and women over the age of 90 years old.
1: Oh, okay, new word I learned.
2: Now, I'm only 30 years away from that, so I'm, I'm way too young to understand. <laughs> However, I'm right there with you. After they collected all of the information on a group of people who were over the age of 90 years old, they asked, if you had it to do all over again, what would you do differently? And so the three bedrock responses from this group was I would risk more, I would reflect more, Mm -hmm. and I would do more things to outlast time. Mm -hmm. And so for the listeners who are anywhere from 14 to 94 years old listening to this podcast, I highly do not risk. Now I'm a little bit older, I'm risking more, which is converse to what most yeah. people do. Reflecting, I do a lot of that, whether it's journaling or or meditating or just being in that quiet space. And then yeah. doing more things that would outlast time has got me into volunteering uh, with organizations. I've taken seven summer trips to Honduras, oh, holding wow. smoke Um and just doing other things of that nature. And so even though they're 90 years old, and again, this was this study was done in mid 80s.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So these people survived the depression, yeah. color TV, the internet, world wars, so many things. And so to, to just glean from their experience, mm-hmm. I just think risk more, reflect more and do more things that went out last time.
1: Yeah, I love interviewing people that are in their 80s and 90s and listening to what they have to say and, and what they reflect on. I think I would add to that list, um, love more and be kind.
2: I, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think this: we are living in a world where kindness is in very short supply. Yeah. And it doesn't take much to be kind, to yeah. keep the door For open, sure. to say a nice word, uh, to yeah. do a kind deed. Yeah.
1: For sure. What is the top four books you recommend? You gave hmm. us a couple already.
2: Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about the the books that I have on my shelf, which are business books, uh, because I think that's a great place to be. Um, there is a book that's on my shelf right now, which is First Break All the Rules. That's, mm-hmm. that's a great book. It, it talks a lot about helping people through the journey. Um, I, I love that one. Um, I love the negotiation books. The Art of Negotiation is a great book. There's one um, again, a Wilson Learning, I believe. It's called Play to Win. Mm-hmm. It 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 just it's a phenomenal book. I think it's out of print, but I absolutely love Play to Win because it's just snippets and stories, and it kind of comes from a behavioral side. Yeah, it's really kind of a fun, fun book. So those are some of the books that I would uh, highly recommend, you know, the, anything from the Covey group is probably a great book. Um, uh, the, the four disciplines of execution yeah. is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. We use it here at DXP all day long. We just, we just use it all the time. I'm, I'm glancing as I'm stalling here. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, that's, that's about, those are about the ones that I, that I really like yeah, those will do it.
1: Awesome. It is time now for rapid fire. So tighten your seatbelt. Here we go. And this is just um, either words or phrases, questions that just the top of the head answer, no right or wrong answers. Just brief and to the point. What is your drip marketing? uh, What is drip marketing for those that don't understand it?
2: (laughs) It is the consistent messaging to, the audience using a series of emails or direct mail products.
1: Okay. Advice you wish you had at the start of your business.
2: Surround yourself with people smarter than you are.
1: (laughs) And that goes true for even if you're not an owner of a business, if you are a young employee or a (laughs) mid-manager, you should always do that. I, I think everybody tries to be the smartest person in the room and and the best thing is to kind of fall around that person that's smarter than you.
2: And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're older than you.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So the critical success factors for business and life, what are they?
2: Oh, Critical success factors for business and life. Um, Oh, gosh, you got me on that one. Um, I would say, talk about my five stones. Yeah. Passion, excellence, vision, value, and confidence. Those are the critical success factors for business and life.
1: All right. So that means y'all have to get his book, (laughs) Five Stones for Slaying Giants. Get it on your iPad. The next is you you talked about the the challenges and weaknesses you have what's the best thing that you've experienced in this journey that you've had so far
2: i think the best thing is that i have the capacity to admit that i'm wrong and (laughs) learn to reinvent Uh, i have a huge ego but I know that I need to destroy that ego in order for me to find those people, those mentors, those coaches. Mm. I'm standing on their shoulders and I'm looking further down the road because of what they've done for me. So that's one, and then pay it forward, mm. <laughs> paying it forward, helping other people to get there. So I have the heart of a teacher, and I love to to mm. just give back where I can.
1: Like minds. The next path on your journey
2: next path on my journey is 5 years from now i'll be at that window of making a determination do i exit the corporate world and that's that's a tough thing i'm i'm starting now to start having those conversations even though i feel like i'm indestructible and i'd paranoid that i would i'm never going to be that age how dare you even say that but I'm, I'm starting to oh. think about that.
1: So you mean 70?
2: Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's what my financial advisor would recommend. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, but you know, I recently married. Um, <laughs> she's younger than I am. I've, I really like some of my new sports. I really have discovered a love for scuba diving. Mm-hmm. But it conflicts with something called the J-O-B. <laughs> and, um, you know, trying to ask my boss for 8 to 15 weeks off a year and still get paid my big uh compensation is it just doesn't work no
1: it's char it's challenging for someone who has retired <laughs> and started taking more risk at, in my older age um it's worth it absolutely you know, absolutely it.
2: everyone says that and then they move it to the early mid 60s and they're like kurt it's worth it don't worry you just jump the net will appear
1: yeah the um, the thing for me, though, is to stay active to, and to, you know, do things that fulfill my life. And that's the giving back and things like that. And that's what makes being my own boss so much more fulfilling, right? Because I'm doing things that I see a direct correlation to that. You know, that I worked for a long time at corporate and I didn't ever see a direct bottom line impact to what I did in some of the projects. And I do see that now when you work one-on-one with people.
2: You you know, I, I I did that before I took this, this opportunity to work at DXP for 18 years now Mm -hmm. prior to that had my own business, did my own thing. Um, Those roots are deep in me. I'm not going to give that up. I might just go back to where I was, but I'm adding so much more value. I really do believe that I can bring some experience to the table and uh, don't know where that journey will lead me, Vicki, but it will yeah. lead me somewhere.
1: Awesome. It'll be exciting to see what happens. All right. Those that are listening in, it is time now for you to get out your paper, get out your pens. If you have not, and shame on you for that because you missed a lot of great stuff, but I'm going to share my screen with contact information. Okay. So the, Contact information. You can find him on LinkedIn and Facebook by his first or last name. And I'm going to have him talk to you about his website and the gift he has.
2: You bet. So, you know, we 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 think about this connection, and I really believe it's more than just an obligatory email. So I love love um, a, a company called Mailbox Power, mm-hmm. and so by me providing you this, I need your mailbox.com forward slash grow 2020. All I'm asking for is your contact information. If you're brave enough to give me your birth date, <laughs> I'll send you a birthday card. I'll send you a half birthday card. The ability to use technology, to connect with people, to send them a card. I can't tell you, Vicki, how many times somebody would mm-hmm. call me and say, Kurt, your card was the only card I got. And now I've made a connection. Now, from a business standpoint, sending a card, sending a gift, making it personalized, making it automated, using a drip marketing campaign, they, these tools are available at your fingertips. They're mm-hmm. not expensive. They're just the secret weapon that cause you to be differentiated. And um, I, I do this for certain people Um a 12-month recipe. A postcard goes out once a month for 12 months with 12 different recipes on oh, it. Oh, nice. Do I ask them for business? No, I give them a recipe. They know who it is. Mm-hmm. If they want to do business with me, they will, but they see it as hey Kurt, you're not asking for anything in return. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and and just so any any of your listeners who wants to go there, it's a simple form. You just give me. Your information. I get. Uh, I'll send it. I'll send you some information about me, about what the, what we do, and you know we can talk and start a community, start a relationship, nice. and um, I'd love to be able to be of value.
1: So good. All right. So if you haven't done so, take that screenshot. Again, the mail, the web address is. I need your mailbox, all one word.com. I need your mailbox.com slash grow 2020. I need your mailbox.com slash grow 2020. Well, it has been such a pleasure. We had so many things to talk about and, uh, January, we're going to have you back to talk about that new book Yes. that you will have, uh, dusted off and, uh, kind of refresh for the 21st century audience. So good, Kurt. It's been such wonderful to, to speak with you. And as always, I remind everybody that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Netling signing off.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Netling